on my Harlem niggas, my BK niggas. Back up town, baby, Lennox Ave. My Oye's on Broadway all day. Uh, come uh. on. Hey, yo, you love the way I rap black. Step the F back. Yeah, we back. Episode three of Talk Nice Podcast with your boy Bezo. You know I got my, my man with me, D Dot in the house. What's going on, D? D Dot's in the building. What up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. Before we begin, man, Bezo, how you feeling? I just want to make sure your mental state is straight. You know, we don't ask us brothers that question a lot, man. How you feeling mentally? Are you are you feeling good? Are you are you all right? Oh, I'm in a good space. I'm in a good space. You know, That's I'm good. out here enjoying this good weather down here in Texas. So I'm in a good space. What about yourself? Oh uh, man, I'm straight. I'm straight, man. I'm I'm straight. I'm sharp. I'm 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 feeling good, man. I'm feeling like Muhammad Ali in his prime. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm, I'm good. Oh, like a butterfly, sting like a bee. I definitely want to uh tell you happy Father's Day. You know, Father's Day just passed on Sunday. How was your Father's Day? Oh, Father's Day was great, man. Yeah, happy Father's Day to you too, man. All the fathers out there doing what they're supposed to do. We changing the uh we changing the narrative out here. They're saying, you know, dads are not available, but I don't know what that is. In my circle, we tight. We we stay with our kids, you know what I mean? So Happy Father's exactly. Day to all the fathers out there, man. Only hood I know is fatherhood, so. That's it. And that's it. That's it, and that's all. But definitely, I'm glad you enjoyed your day. You know, want to check in and make sure that was good. But, you know, last time we was here, we was talking about the conference finals. We had made picks. Uh, I think you had Utah versus Phoenix, and then Philly versus the uh, Nets. Yeah, that. And uh, I had Philly and the Nets as well. And I, then I had the Clippers in Phoenix. So Clippers you in Phoenix. You straight over there in the West. You, you straight over in the West. You did your thing. You made some good picks over there. Yeah, we're well, looking shaky in the East, though, bro. Looking shaky in the East. Nah, but that, that, next, that next game was crazy with, with KD. He was uh, he stopped, got to stop wearing them big-ass shoes and wearing shoe size. And he would have <laughs> made that three. He'd been in the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I learned the man wear a bigger shoe size than he's supposed to during games. You know what I mean? I so. I think I think they they didn't they are uh, role plays that bench man they need a that bench was that's when you need them in the championship time you it's better it's more than I, just I, the I three headed monster. I told you that before you need role players man. Okay, who the star is? You don't got no you don't got no help. It's gonna be hard hard for them to win, man. But I'm gonna say this though, they give the same heat that everybody gives LeBron James. KD is supposed to find a way to win that game. If LeBron goes into overtime and goes zero and six. Airballs the game time shot. Niggas is hanging my man off a tree. <laughs> they hanging him off a tree. And they'd have so been on his neck immediately. Like so they would have been on morning car. They'd have been on his neck all night. Definitely. Yes, I, yes. He, get, he get a pass from nah, no one the media. No I don't give him no pass, but I think he get a pass from the media and people because he came back off the injury, off the Achilles. But I don't I'm, care. They want to say I'm he's like, better than them. Up, they, 40, he's better. Yeah. He putting up 40 and what, 15? Like, you supposed to put them on your back. If you're the best player in the world or you want to be the best player in the world, that's when you put them on your back. He had he had more than enough to really do something. But, like I said, a lot of those guys that was coming through during the season, like Joe Harris, Joe Harris disappeared. I'm not sure what's going on with that's that one. That's two years in a row. Two, two playoff yeah. series in a row. Two, not two playoffs, you should say, in a bubble. He disappeared. He disappeared now. You know, when the stage is that bright, you know, I understand it's Brooklyn. It's probably best stop lights shining on him with Brownsville lights, but still lights. Um, my man shrink under them. 
know what I mean? So, but like I said, man, I'm not taking nothing away from KD. He balled his ass off. But when you put him in that same category and you're saying he's the best player in the world, you can't go in overtime and go 0 for 6. That's what I'm yeah. talking about. Forget the missed shot. People miss shots, you know, when he went 0 for 6. He was 0 for. And if LeBron yeah. goes 0 for, if he goes 0 for, he ain't hearing that. He ain't no one letting him down. No one's not giving him a pass. So if KD wants to be in that conversation as great as in the world, when shit don't go right, he got to take all the blame. And if he don't believe it, call, call LeBron James. Ask him who yeah, they blame yeah. about the Golden State loss, the pass to George Hill, and all that stuff. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he got to put that on his shoulder. He got to put that on his shoulders. And it is what it is. Especially when you predict to go to the finals and you get put out in the second round. There's some explaining to do. But again, he probably going to stay off of whatever social media is. And this, that, and the third. And if he do get on, he'll be a sensitive self. But they like to <laughs> go into the midnight when it, when when things go wrong. They like to fade away into the midnight, like they not supposed to be held accountable. But yeah. hey, enough about Brooklyn. I don't, enough about them anyway. Um, the Philly, Philly, Ben Simmons. Ben oh man! Oh my goodness! That's why I asked you about your mental state too, yo. I, I'm gonna tell you something now. No, all those aside, and about life and about sports and about what they do. They're the best that they craft. But people don't understand how mentally, how mentally tough you have to be. The game is men- more mental than it is physical. Mentally, mentally, he just wasn't there. Yo, remember to take it back to old school. Remember when Nick Scott of the Lando Magic missed those free throws? Yeah. And Orlando got swept by Houston. Yo, he had to go to a therapist for the rest of his life. He said he had to not rest his life, he wanted to stop it, but he had to go to a therapist for years because he mentally never was the same. The next year he was trash. His career was over like three years after that. Like mentally, he was just mentally gone. And I think that's something with Benson. I think right now, mentally, mentally, he's just done. Like skill-wise, he has it. When you're only taking four shots in the fourth quarter, like total within three games, yeah, it's a mental thing. And you got to be like, you can't play Philly. Philly is like New York. You can't go there and half-ass and like they're not going to be on you. Like Philly don't care. They yeah. on you. And they on you until they see something different. Like, and I think, it, but it's been, it's been that with him for years because he just don't want to shoot. And I think his mindset is saying, I'm never going to get a jump shot, so I'm not going to shoot. Like, bro, you too, you got too many skills. Your skill set is a different skill set at six, what is he, six, nine? Something six, like nine, that. Six, you can handle the ball. You got vision. Bro, all you need. Is you don't even need a three-point shot. All you need is mid-range. Anywhere from 12 feet in, if you can hit those, you change the game. But guys, mm-hmm. know I can lay off you and sit right in the paint and make it hard for Embiid to get any space because you're not going to take no shot unless it's a, a wide-open layup. And then he don't even take wide-open layups. Yeah, he, he flashed it. On, um, <laughs> yes. And passed it off. I'm like, Bro, what are you doing? He like, flinched like he's about to get shot. <laughs> bro, man like, was shook. It's, it's just, like, you see that, and as a teammate, you look at him when he comes in, you looking like, bro, I'm trying to support you. I'm trying to tell you keep your head up. But you do stuff like that in the in the crunch? But like, the, not, to, not to defend him, that game seven, and B can't give me eight turnovers, bro. Then he can't give me that turnover he gave me at the end with the spin and get his pocket picked. He can't give you that, bro. He can't give you the eight turnovers. You just can't. Well, let me tell you something. If Ben Simmons had 15 in that game, 15-16, they, they win it. 
and they in the Eastern Conference Finals. Listen, and if it, and if Embiid don't have eight turnovers in the Eastern Conference Finals, but I'm not Embiid ball. Embiid ball. No, no, listen, listen. You can ball. Listen, just same thing like KD. KD ball. But he went zero for six in the overtime frame. Same thing. Embiid was balling, but he had eight turnovers. He had the costly turnover at the end of the game. It doesn't matter. When you're a superstar, you're the MVP candidate. You you nah, can ball all you want. I, I, you can't say it. And the next week you better next year you better not be framing my man LeBron either. Because he's always a <laughs> man. My point is this. So when everybody's talking about who's a superstar and MVP candidate, when they make plays down the stretch, that's when the game counts. But this is why plays. you have this is why you got a a, a Batman and a Robin. Because nah. when Batman come on, like Ben nah. But bro. He, he's what I'm saying. Listen, this is definitely what I mean. Like LeBron is so great and mentally tough. When LeBron loses, he can't blame nobody. He can't blame a Ben Simmons. He can't blame Ben Simmons. He can't blame nobody. He can't blame AD for being hurt. He can't blame nobody. He got to burden it. So these guys got to take the burden. You can't come oh, down. Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. That's what yeah. you're supposed to do. Yeah. The but behind the scenes, scenes I'm going to talk to you like, bro, this is oh, not. Yes. You're making $40 million. Look, Ben Simmons is making $40 million a season for the next four seasons. This what I just saw right here. You not you don't deserve your you don't deserve your check. I'm be honest, with you. <laughs> you don't deserve your check. And if you don't do something in the off season when you come back with some form of confidence, because I don't really think you're gonna be in the Sixers uniform next season. But yes. if you don't show some confidence and and your shot, even if you miss, like at this point, game one the next season, I need you to go zero for twelve but I need you to take every shot that's open. So I know your mentality is different, even if you miss every shot. Because then I know, okay, over the sea, over the summer, he worked on his confidence because he's taking them and he's taking them. Like yeah, He's he going like, to come out here and fluke you like how Zion Williams did, came out here 4-3 in the first game. See, everybody like, yo, he can shoot the three. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to take him time, man. He got to get in the gym. I think I think it's not even skill set. I think mentally he just has to go somewhere and he gotta find himself. But on the thing of trading Ben Simmons, they can't trade him. Like you said, he's making forty million for the no, next look, four years. He's going it's, somewhere. It's he going somewhere. No, he going somewhere. A, Somebody's gonna sit there and say I can change him. No, Some coaches no, gonna sit there and say bring him to me. No, not in the trade. That's what I'm saying he's a free agent. That's different. But in a trade, in a trade too. Like, what's really gonna get? You saying that he's no, no. What they're gonna get from him? CJ McCollum, you bring CJ McCollum to the. I'm telling you this: If I'm Portland, why would I give you our second best player for a player I don't want? It don't work with him because it don't work with him and Dame. They can't get past the first round. You turn Ben Simmons into a a a, a four, a power four. four. So why why you gonna do that? Why you gonna do that in Philly? What you mean? Because you already got you got him down there and beat him in the middle. You make him your point forward. You can't listen. Say, if you take, you take ben Simmons, listen, that's what I'm trying to tell you. If you take Ben Simmons off there, that means now you need a point guard. They, they don't have no another point guard on the roster. So you tell me you didn't see Devin Cullen? They got Shake Milton. Shake Milton is not worth nothing. They're not starting Shake. Even with Ben Simmons playing the way he's playing now, Shake McMillan still didn't get even get in the game. Why? Because he's not better than Ben Simmons. He's not. Even with the way Ben Simmons played. So they're not going to trade him to play Shake Milton. One. So if you do get CJ McCullough, now you got a shooter who no one can get him the ball. You had no point guard. I'm gonna say like the fix. CJ can make. It. CJ can get his own shot. CJ can Listen, get his own shot. I'm talking about everybody else. Everybody it's else. Not, I don't see it working in that forty million. I don't. Nah. I can't. I can't. Got, it, it, they, he needs a new setting. Further, they got further. Yes, last year they got further this year than they got last year. Maybe next year is the Eastern Conference Finals. Who knows? 
D, they've been doing this process seven years. And B, and B been hurt half the years. D, they've been doing this process seven years. You got to remember the first year that they went to the playoff, and B was the one who exploded, and Ben Simmons was balling. What's going to change next season? They changed it. They, mentally. they changed coaches, right? They changed that's coaches. That's another they thing, got too. Bad coaching. But I don't know how Embiid gets the ball on top of the key, dribbling 14 times. He needed two. Who else was going to give it to? Who was going to give it to Ben Simmons to create and get him the rock? They was going to foul him. He's going to give him the rock to, to, to get fouled. He can't hit free. The boy was shooting 40% from the free throw line. No, I didn't say Ben Simmons. Was, it was, I said, Weston was not going to foul him. They wasn't going to foul him. They, was, they wasn't up to foul there wasn't up to foul. I just don't see it. Like I'm looking and I'm seeing they put money into um was was Tobias Harris. He making mm-hmm. twenty five million. Balling. He ball. He, he make twenty five million. And B make twenty something million. Um, Simmons is making thirty forty million. And this is, is another thing too. You gotta remember. And B is injury prone. Where you getting better at? That's what I'm saying. Like where you getting better at next season? If you're not trading them, where you getting better at? What you what, what's they got a whole team mentally. You got to see what happens in the offseason. Maybe you trade him at the All Star break. You're not trading him during the offseason. He has no value. He has he no doesn't. value. Somebody gonna take him. I'm telling no, you, somebody gonna, gonna, take gonna Anybody would take him if you're giving him away. But if you give him away, I'm not giving you nothing. Why would I pay high if you don't want him? Why would yeah, I give? CJ McCollum is not on this. Yes, CJ McCollum is still a top five, top ten shooting guard in the NBA. And you're saying that you don't want you want me to give up my second best player for someone you don't want. That's what I'm saying. You want me to give you away a player that you don't want. You don't want him. So why would I give they, you something good for something you don't want to help you? No, they're not. They don't work like that. It's, the reason trade. I say that. The reason I say that because there's two teams not performing up to their ability. So you got to look at it and say, okay, what can we do here to change our momentum and get either. Portland, get out this first round. Sixers, get to the conference finals or the finals. And it's a conversation that got to be had. CJ McCollum and Shake Milton in the backcourt is not getting Philadelphia to the Eastern Conference Finals. There's no way. They're not getting to the Eastern Conference with that backcourt. And two, if you're right about Ben Simmons, where the hell is Portland going with um, Ben Simmons? If you're right about him that he's no good, he's mentally fragile, he's done, what, where am I going with him? That's my point. If you're right, if y'all traded him for the right reasons, why would mm-hmm. I give you top value if you're right? <laughs> what, what sense does that make? You're telling yeah. me the car don't work, but you want me to pay you top dollar for it. But you're something got to change. Something got to change. I yeah, think, something. I think uh, but I think even, and I'm talking from a Ben Simmons standpoint, uh, a change in scenery would be, be would be healthy for him because he's not going to live down anything he's done these past seasons coming back to Philly, because they're going to be on him. I'm, I guarantee you, the first time they see him even flinch or stutter to, to take a jump shot, they on him. And yeah, they're going to be. That's, just, that's the way they are. But he got y'all already. So yeah. you might as well just sit there and say, listen, we're going to try to do what we can do, get you out of here, get something back for you. You start fresh there, because I think a, a fresh start for him will be good. And maybe he can get with somebody that can actually get into him and change him. Because you've seen it happen with other players. You see other yeah. players, they like um, what's the, the guy that was in Utah that's now with the Knicks, Johnny Bryant. He's a guy he can get with people, he can make you into something, he can push you into that second gear. He may need to get around somebody like that. I'm not but, saying you're wrong about that, but if Philly tried to trade him, they're not getting anything back from him. They're, they're already showing that they don't want him, and that's the way the trade game go. No one is going to give you something 
give you value for something you don't want. So they got to be willing to take nothing if they really want to get rid of Ben Simmons. For maybe You're just right. the cap space. That's what I'm saying. They're showing they don't want him. <laughs> if you show you don't want a player, no one's going to give you top dollar from. It's just the way it goes. The same way when players force a trade. That's why teams don't like it. If the players force a trade, everybody know they don't like give nothing up from because the player really don't want to be there. The vice versa. Exactly. If I know you don't want him, if I know if I know point. you don't want him, I'm not going to give you CJ McCullough from because you don't want him. So I'm going to give you, you eight free <laughs> you throw something else in in the trade. You throw something else in the incentive or something. But we'll yeah. see what happens off season because I think it's going to be a busy one. I think it's going to be a busy off season. Yeah, but I think they keep them to all star break. On the other side of that coin, the Hawks. Yeah, which is, I think I, you think the Hawks arrived. Hawks, uh, Hawks are doing what the Hawks are supposed to do. They are playing awesome right now. No one expecting them to be here. They're playing with house money. They're playing young, energetic. Um. Trey Young is playing out of his mind. Uh, I just finished watching him. Reggie Miller gave him the S title, superstar. I think it's a little bit too early. This is one series. I mean, one, one not one series, but this is one playoff run. He's off and on. You know, one game he got 40. Next game he go have 21, 8 for 40. So, But he's, he's, not, he's not afraid of the moment, and that's what you want to see out of your stars. He's definitely not afraid of the moment. He's definitely just stole one out of Milwaukee, so big up to them. So Atlanta is doing what they're supposed to do, bro. I, I'm not, I'm not rooting for them, but I'm not rooting against them. I'm not betting my money on. I'm not betting money on it either. I, I've been looking at them since the start of the playoffs, and when they first, the first round, I was like, "All right, they're not as good as I think they are. They're a little young, they're a little inexperienced, and they, they beat the Knicks." And I'm like, "That's my team," but I'm like, "It's not really nothing to sit there and say you stamp and you hear." And then I watched them play the Sixers. And I'm looking and I'm like, you got to pick your poison. It's like, either you're going to let Trey Young get 50, but you got to stop him from getting 13, 14 assists. And then you got to, you can't play him tough. You can't play him hard. You can't bump him because he, he, he searches for fouls and the refs are already, they're already in the ref's head. Like the Hawks been in the ref's head since game one of the first series, talking about how teams play, how teams play, uh, you know, rough or whatever. So they get benefits of the calls. And then I'm looking at these complimentary players around them. John Collins, when his head is right, he, 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 he's energetic, he's young, he can jump out the building. He hits timely shots. Gallinari's an old-school veteran that can make you, you know, he's slow-mo, but he gets to his point. And then they got the two shooters. Herder, who's come on this, um, this playoff run, and Bogdanovich. And it's like, yeah. I'm looking and I'm like, it's, it's tough. It's tough to, because to, you can't, they never out of a game because they can shoot. So it's like, you go up 11-12 and you turn around, it's like, oh, they, they back in it within one because they done hit four three-pointers. So I'm like, I, I, I don't like them for this series, even though they just stole a win from Milwaukee. But I could see them, if it come down to a, a game seven, Beating Milwaukee by like one or two off because that's just on Milwaukee's side. I mean, they do stupid stuff. Yeah. But I, I really like I, I like what I'm seeing from the Hawks. I don't like the team, but I like what I'm seeing from them as far as them playing hard and they, them being able to always be in a game to they they can always steal a game. And that's 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 kind of special to me. Cause I think Trae Young, they do. he looks special. Trey Young looks special. Yeah, this is what they do. They if they if the game is close, it's always in hand. I think you just gotta try to blow them out. 
Like, put, keep your best five on the floor. We got to blow these dudes out because if you keep it close, they find a way to get time with buckets. And then it seems like the other team players start doing super stuff. Like, people I think should not be shooting the ball, shooting the ball. Pat Cullington from Milwaukee taking shots with them, needing a bucket at crunch time. Like, why the hell are you touching the ball? One quick thing before we move on. If you're white, you got to be able to hit a jump shot. I think that should be a rule. Like, if you're white, you can't miss jump shots. How else are you there for? You can't jump. So you got white people, you got to make your jump shots, man. But anyway, yeah, I'm sorry that sounded kind of racist, but it's true. If you're white, that's why you're there. Most likely it's because you can shoot. Not many white people in the league for anything that's, else. But anyway. That's <laughs> always been that's always been the case. Even when you play yeah. outside on a blacktop, you see a white yeah. boy come, you already know you call a shooter. He may not yeah. be able to shoot or hit the side <laughs> of the basket. But the, everybody yeah. on the court must sit there and say shooter, and you running out to him because that's just what it was. Because you knew yeah. if you weren't putting the ball on the floor, he what well, he had no his bag was empty and he yeah. wasn't going to the rack to throw it on nobody. So it was immediately he's shooting, and that's what it always was. Every time you see a white boy, you he's a shooter. He's yeah. a shooter. That's what you attach to it. And yeah. same with the with, with us when they see us. He can't shoot. You can back a ball from him. He just want to get to the rack. He wanna dribble yeah. all day. But sometimes yeah, so. It's just it's some guys is just not good when the lights is on. Like yeah. a lot of things white, are different. You that gotta hit jump shots now. Yeah, yeah, but if you white, you gotta hit jump shots. I think if you can't shoot jump shots and free throw and you white, you shouldn't be in the NBA. <laughs> That's my personal opinion. It's not that, the opinion I, that you just I, heard I, was not expressed by talk nice. It's all comes from D dot. <laughs> if you white and it's not by Bezos, it's by D Dot. If you white, I don't care. If you white and you're in the NBA, you gotta be able to shoot threes and hit free throws. If you can't do that, they need to kick you out the league. Thank you. <laughs> PSA, PSA, ladies PSA. and gentlemen. PSA, yeah, ladies yeah, and gentlemen, PSA. definitely. And then we're gonna move on to the other side to the uh Western Conference. Oh man. Clippers that and game? Phoenix. Clippers down two second game. Yeah. I check. Oh, uh, that's um, we gonna get to that in one second. Clippers down two zero. What's this? The third series in a row, I think. Yep, third series. No in Kawhi, row. no Kawhi, and then I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what they was thinking last night, but to let that inbounds pass go to Aiton for the dunk, uh, uh, to take a one point lead. Like yeah. I don't look at nobody. I can't look at nobody, but. What they call him? Pandemic P, uh, way off P. I think he yeah. named himself Playoff P. You missed two yeah. free throws in the clutch. Come yeah. on, bro. Nah, but this two, is what I mean. Like, but, but this is what I mean by double standards, though. So he misses two play. He misses those two free throws in the clutch. But why they get there? Those back buckets he had, bro. When him and Devin Booker was going back and forth. My God, some I ain't gonna lie. Maybe Playoff P or this this poor George PG thirteen. I think he just need to be by himself. He don't need nobody else with him. I, I don't know if he got how he got he got to find his own supporting cast because he plays better without Kawhi. I guess he feels he more had free. that in Indiana. Yeah. He we'll had that in Indiana. He wanted to go everybody team chases up rings. With yeah, yeah. People want to chase rings, and sometimes that's your niche is just like you got to do your own thing. You know, I think like I think Russell Westbrook figured out like I just got to do my own thing. If I win, I win. But I play better, you know, just doing my own thing, and I think. Uh, Paul George plays bad, but doing his own thing. But also, too, he just, I showed my son that because he plays ball. Yo, those free throws, free throws win games, bro. And he lost that game with those two missed free throws. And also, the way they and played the inbound, 
the inbounder should have been facing the not facing the basket, but his back should have been towards the basket, jumping up for the ball. He gave him an angle to yeah. throw the pass. So it was just like horrible, horrible inbounds play altogether. And then give it up to Aiden with the dunk, listening to his coach. That's sh- that play was fucking beautiful though. If you're a coach and you like basketball and you like great listening like, to your I'm plays, they ran man. that play to they ran that play to a T and we, Monty we Williams. Yes. If you hear the audio draw up. Did you hear the did you hear the audio? I didn't let him know. Audio, yeah, no, it's an yeah. audio. He's telling him, yo, if um if he if he throws you the ball, DA, that's what they call him. DA, you gotta dunk it. You gotta dunk it. He's gonna throw it to you. If he throw it to you, you gotta dunk it. They set those picks. Devin Booker, a superstar, lays his body on the line mm-hmm. and screen off his man. Man, perfect pass, bro. That was that was so that was think, You think that play that they uh ended the game on, you think that broke the Clippers? You think and without Kawhi? Uh, honestly, honestly it, it, three, it broke it sweet. broke the Clippers. It broke the Clippers in this sense. They know they gotta win game three. And that's what I tell Phoenix. If I'm Phoenix and them, I put my foot on a neck first quarter. We blown them out. You get them down 20 early, the series is over. They will roll over and die. But if they if you let them come out Staples Center and get some type of feel for the game and they can get get it two to one. Come in what they say. A playoff series is not a playoff series until somebody loses at home. I try to lose at that. home, yeah. Yeah. So they all they did was hold serve. That's all Phoenix really did was hold serve. But they got them on the road. That's, that's, a, that's a big serve. That last that last play is a is a back break. That's that can mentally but that can saying. mentally break you because you yeah. was up and you let that happen and that is a perfect play. But still, they on the road too. That's what I'm saying. Like they they know they got now all they got to do is take care of home. That's what I'm trying to say. That's all they have to do. They ain't have to win there. Honestly, remember they do got to win one to win the series. You got to win one on the road as the the bottom seed, right? So you got to win one. Yeah. Whatever one you get, you just got to win one, and you got to hold. You got to hold serve at home. You got to go to Staples. But if I'm Phoenix, I'm coming out blazing. I'm talking about blazing. And but this is what I was talking to somebody about today. I don't think I play Chris Paul in Game Three. Right now, they don't know. They rolling on momentum. Sometimes you don't want to. I know he's a star. He, he should play. I'm not saying he shouldn't play. But sometimes teams are just playing off of momentum and the feel. Right now, pain is balling. CP3 comes back, he's not playing. You see what I'm saying? So we lose that. We know what he's going He'll still get his minutes, but in my opinion, Chris Paul is Chris Paul is one of those players where I sit there and say, you could plug him in after not playing X amount of games, and he does not rock the boat. Like, he's yeah. one of those guys that just seems But I'm not talking about him. That's what y'all saying. I don't yeah. got But I'm not talking about CP3. I, that's why I said I know what I'm going to get from him. He's going to be him. But now if I make Payne come off the bench and now he's playing in a different role, am I going to get that same energy? He's been doing that. He's been no, doing no, no. That. But that was his it role. It's easy to slip back into it. Like some guys that are superstars and they the man on the team, when you put him, when you insert them back, they have to dominate the ball. For Chris Paul, it's like I'm setting everybody up. Y'all know my role. And when it's fourth quarter and it's time to put buckets up, I'm here. Because that's what Chris Paul does. He'll initiate the offense, get everybody settled down, settle the offense, run the plays, and then in the fourth quarter, y'all got to here we go. We're gonna go four out, and I'm just going mix to the middle, um, you know, light twelve foot jump shot, and people then they start to pull people in, and that's when he can hit the shooters on the side because they got guys that are excellent um, corner three point shooters. That's the whole game with Phoenix. Phoenix play hard, they play tough, they play defense. 
and they let Chris Paul dictate that whole game for them. And if you right there, at the end of the game, he's going to get his four to five shots, 10 points in the fourth quarter, and then I'm going to get you three to four assists because now I'm pulling the defense in. We play four out, I'm pulling the defense in, I'm going to hit you. Be ready. All you got to do is be ready. And I guarantee you that's what he's saying. I know that's what he's saying in the um, huddle. Be ready. Be ready. Because I'm going to get you the ball when it's time. Just be ready and shoot. And I think I like Phoenix, I like Phoenix to win the chip just from how I see them play. And I'm a fan of Monty Williams um, for what he's been through with his wife and everything like that. But yeah. I think you you put, especially going in the Staples Center and the Clippers know they got to win game three. Chris Paul, yeah, this is what we got you here for. You a veteran. This is what we got you here for. We need this game so we can close it out. And that's There's it. Because Devin this Booker, is my thing. I got, I got, I got Clippers winning that game regardless of Chris Paul playing. So that's what I'm saying. So now Chris Paul comes back and they don't win game three. Who fought is it? You see what I'm saying? My thing is that pain is you saying. I'm not saying that Chris Paul can sit back into his role. You got to understand, you play ball. It's a difference between coming off the bench and starting. When you start, you run up and down the court three, four minutes earlier than everybody else. You're allowed to make one or two turnovers. You're allowed to miss one or two shots. You're allowed to find a rhythm. You're, you're just, I'm saying right now, Payne is just on such a roll. You know what I mean? Like, all that's going to change when Chris Paul steps back into the lineup. Instead of what, what he played, like 33 minutes, now he's going to probably play 18 to 16 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, it's a diff- nah. He'll yeah. play. He'll get like 23, 24 minutes. He was a, a integral part of the other um rotation moving no. forward for the season. No, he, he, he was an integral part of, in in a rotation, and he, he he'll still he, be that. But I like his mentality of saying, "Okay, Chris Paul not here. Let me step up and do more and show that I can do more, so I can be trusted more." And I, I think that's great because now. I know now you look at this and you say, okay, Chris Paul come back. He's watching at home. He's sitting there saying, that's a guy I can trust when I know I need a breather. I can come out the game. He's going to go in there and run the show because he's been watching me. It's the same thing that Chris Paul did at OKC with Shy um, Gilgis Alexander. Watch me. Watch what I do. As the season goes on, you're gonna, I'm going to gain trust in you. And now, because I'm, I'm going to be able to tell a coach, listen, I can take an extra two minutes. I trust that. Cam- campaign is going to be out there and, and be able to hold the fort and, and, and get us right. And then I can come in fresher because I got those extra two minutes. And that's how you that's how you do it, especially as a point guard when you are a veteran. You want the guys behind you, the young guys, to see this is how I do it, this is what I do. And whenever I'm out, then you just imitate and mimic what I do. So I think Chris Paul coming back is a good thing for them. There's no reason to sit them. Unless he's not a hundred percent, or his, or his, his, um, his cardio is not good. If he's good to go, that's just an asset. And he's the type of he's not that type of player to take away from somebody. He's the type to add and give you more confidence to say, okay, your minutes might be down, but you doing you you can do more within those minutes that you have, and we're gonna give you an extra two three minutes so I can get a breather, a better breather, so I can be fresh and we can get these guys out of here. But We'll see because uh, they said he's supposed to come back, but I think that would be best for Phoenix because Devin Booker is Devin Booker's out of this world. Like, now he played well, De- but Devin Booker didn't play too hot in the last game. But he had timely shots. He hit buckets, bro, and that's what I count as superstar. Every game you're not gonna always hit. Know what I mean? Let me but just, if you hit some timely shots. Shot, yeah, the timely shots. Superstar. That's what I'm saying. That's what matters. Like you're not gonna hit everything. Everybody just care about what the final result is. If you got 26 or 27, but you went 
four for 22, but you go four for 22 in the fourth quarter, you got that, they're going to say you played out of your mind. Nobody's going to remember. Just like vice versa, you can play hot in the beginning and you stink down the stretch. They ain't gonna remember you play high at the beginning. They just gonna remember that you 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 stunk you stunk down the you stunk down the stretch. So now, nah, but Book is a star though. Book is definitely a star. But we're gonna yeah, see what happens when, when Chris Paul comes back if he comes back for game three because he's probable. It's not even it's not even guaranteed yet. So yeah, definitely I want to see them win game three, but then I want to see a good series too. I think it's I think it'll be a good series. I wish Kawhi was playing. I wish he they was fully healthy. But I think it's still going to be good. And if Chris Paul come back, he come back. But I tell you what, one thing that I love is seeing these um, black coaches succeed. Monty Williams, Nate yes, McMillan. Yes. Um, yes. I, I love the fact that, you know, these black head coaches are showing that they can do more than just be assistant coaches, especially mm. coming up this this offseason where you got all of these um, openings. Like today, mm. we just you just seen... Um, Boston hired uh, Ume Odoka, uh, the Nets assistant coach, just hired him to be their uh, coach. What are your thoughts on that? Especially yeah, being Boston. Uh, you know how that goes. You know, we spoke off before. I'm just happy that the coach is black. And I think it's about time that we change the narrative, too. And it, it starts with us, though. Now, I'm going to keep it real. Like, I don't know the fine facts, but I would love to. I wish I had a researching assistant or somebody to do this for me. But when these black coaches do get the job, what percentage of their staff is black, right? You got to remember, like, when we get opportunities, we got to start paying it forward, too, as well. So I don't want to go on a tangent, but I'm going to just bring something up. So everybody knows Michael Jordan owns the Charlotte Hornets, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, so you look at his, look at, he owns it. Remember, he hires and fires everybody. His most prominent position is Mitch Kupchak. Operation, basketball operations, and general manager. Get a man two jobs. I'm not saying what he should do, but if I'm a black man and I know my black people need an opportunity, my GM and my basketball operations will be black. We got to start giving the opportunities to each other. You know, so like when we, when we come into a role like this, I would love to see Uma. That's why I'm going to pay attention to too. When he put his coaching staff together, who are he giving these positions to? Like we say, oh, Man, we need to hire more blacks. But when they do hire the one black or the Latino, which Michael Jordan did hire, his coach is Latino. But when I look down the bench, the coaching staff is 50-50. Yeah. But you look on a, a white man, coach, head coaching staff, his staff is 75. Like, we feel like we, for us to look like we make it, we got to put white people in position of power to make it look like we, so it confirms that we made it. I think we need to flip that. I think a coaching staff, a coach, a head coach. If I'm a head coach and I know deep down inside I need to get my brothers a shot, already they're going to become a head coach if they are assistant coaches. Right? So now Uma and Nate McMillan on them. Nate McMillan is not even the head coach. People I remember that. So he's still got interim on his name. Yeah, he's interim. Yeah. So he didn't so. hire his staff. But when he becomes a head coach, because he is going to become the head coach, there's no way Atlanta lets him go after this playoff run. And he's putting his staff together. If I'm him, my staff will have to be 99.9 black. That's the only way we can flip the narrative when we start taking control of what we can control. Once they hire one of us, we got to start opening up the door and letting all of us in. And I'm not saying hire anybody as a coach. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying go get any black person. But for Patrick Ewing, one of my favorite players, to sit on a fucking NBA bench as an assistant coach for how many years he sat on, and they still didn't want to give him a job that he had to go to college ranks, is full of shit. Excuse my language, people. But that's the way they do us. But these black coaches got head coaching job 
but they wasn't the ones that gave Patrick Ewan the opportunity to be assistant coach. It was a so, white coach. I do want, and I understand that, and I, I fully believe that. But to play devil's advocate, you know, these guys when they hire guys like us, they don't give power. They don't give power to us. It may look like it's power. You may have a say or a word, but these owners, they don't want they they want to see us on the court playing, and they don't want to see us. They don't want they don't want that. Like, look at the look at the NBA. I think it's what two um, executives yes. that uh, run. Uh, NBA teams, um, Masai in, in Toronto, and I think it's um, was it? I may be wrong, but I think Detroit in Detroit, and then you got, of course, you know Scott Perry in New York, but they don't want to see us in these type of positions. Like they'll give you assistant coach, and then you got to go through the whole uh, circle to get a head coaching job, and then when you get a head coaching job, the lease is short. They'll give you a terrible team that just went that just won 15 games last season. Give you the reins. Okay, turn it around. You don't turn it around. You out of here. And once you get fired as a head coach and being a black head coach, you don't. You're not in position to go get another head coaching job. It's like it's in the fine print. Okay, you got the head coach, but if you get fired, you got to go back down to assistant coach or specialist and work your way back up to being a head coach. Where you see these. White head coaches keep jobs they shouldn't have. As soon as they lose a job that they were terrible at, they go get another prestigious job and is good to go. Me, personally, I'm happy for Ume because he's come from being a Spurs assistant coach to a Nets assistant coach, and now you're a head coach of a prominent NBA team. Like, Boston is one of those premier teams, and he has talent. And I love to see the fact that he has top-tier talent to actually show that he can coach. Because a lot, like I said, a lot of these times you get these coaches and they come in and they're black and they have nothing. It's a bare, barren barrel that they got to work with. And it's like, dude, you can need talent to win in the NBA. First and foremost, end the story. You can be the best coach in the world. If you ain't got the talent, you're not going to win. That's just the way it works. Definitely. Like, talent, Definitely. Is, talent wins. Regardless of how you who you are, if you don't got it, you can coach people the hardest, and now you can get the most out of players. But you're not gonna get them wins. And I like that he has Tatum. He got Jalen on one side, Tatum on the other. I want to see exactly what he does. And he comes from a great tree from Pop. I think Popovich is is gonna be heavy in what he does as a coach. I'm not a fan of what they did in Boston as far as moving Brad Stevens up to executive. Like, I think that was a lot of nepotism and for lack of better words, but I, I'm happy that they did this. Now I want to see how people respond to it. Yeah, And that's what I'm saying in a city like, I mean, but in a city like Boston, I think that's where you need to push the needle. I think Uma needs to go in there. And this is the day and age. He can come out and say, you know what? These people are firing me because I want to bring in an all black staff. Yeah, this yeah. is this is the thing. You got Chauncey Billups out there. You got you got Mark Jackson out there. You yeah. got you got black talent that can be on your coaching staff. That's what I mean. Now it's the time to push the armor. Like you said, they don't give it enough power, but now they can't stop because so much social media. You don't even have to leak it yourself. You can call a reporter and be like, "Yo, I got something for you." Just using Boston as an example, not saying it's what they're doing, but now you have social media. You got call. A, you can call. A, you can call a newspaper. 
journalist, you can call, you can call somebody and be like, listen, I want to bring an all-black staff because Boston is giving me pushback. If that shit hit the airway, my brother. Yeah, you put pressure on them. You put pressure on them. That, 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 and that's what I'm saying. Like, and but also too, with us having children that play sports, we gotta show our kids there's more than this to 10 players on the court. And I tell my son that all the time. You look at all the administrative staff in the NBA, they are predominantly white. Yeah. And it's not only it's not all it's not only the white people for it, it's that us athletes, us black athletes grow up thinking that if we don't make it to the NBA or NFL, basically whatever sports you play, we don't make it to the highest level. We are failures that we can't do nothing else. There's no other jobs I can do to be involved in sports, which is totally false. You know what I'm saying? I had a good friend that runs a program, New Heights, in New York City. His name is Kareem Green. He used to be a scout for the Nets, low-tier scout. And he told me this story. This is why he said he quit. He played basketball at a high level. He coached high level in high school. He was an assistant coach at college. And so he knows talent. He would go scout a player, come back to the Nets. He was working for the Nets at the time. Come back to the Nets, tell the Nets, whoever the person in charge of player personnel, you know, development players, about the talent. Then they'll send some white person that he could beat with his hands tied behind his back to go scout the same player again to confirm if he's good or not good. Oh, that's who crazy. better knows that's talent crazy. than people thinking? But, but, but when you go to NBA combines, who's sitting in the stands? So white guy with a pad. White guy with a pad don't know that don't know nothing pretty much. Thank so thank yeah, that's crazy. That's what I'm saying. Like, that, why are you boy. behind me if you're gonna have me if you're gonna have somebody no, that's the, me? No, that's a tear. No, that's an all scouting. That's how scouting goes. One scout they'll send crazy. you to go watch, they'll send you to go watch um LaMelo Ball, and then you'll come back and say, I think LaMelo Ball is good. We should go watch him. And then go send the white guy with the pad to go watch him again to confirm what you're thinking, because you know ball. But my point is this though. How many black kids know they could be scouts? Not many, because that's black not kids told. Know... A lot of that is not that's told. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not, not, not told. It's like, if you yes. can't play on the court or you're not good enough, all right, find another another avenue. Yep. Like, no, you go be a gym teacher. Mm. Scout? Yeah. yeah. Teacher or yeah. physical teacher or something. Yeah, like, no disrespect to the gym teacher. No disrespect to the gym teacher. Uh, I love gym teachers. Shout out to all the gym teachers, too. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got scouts. You got referees. You got... Yes. Um, Executive positions in the NBA, you got executive positions within the team. Yes. Like video personnel. Somebody, and I always tell, like I tell, I tell my wife all the time, if you're not a superstar, you're usually watching the game. Yes. So your, your IQ is high. Your IQ is high. And you can utilize that to be more than just on the court. And but that that whole narrative, it has to change. And I hope. Um, Cause you got Mark Jackson, you got Jason Kidd, you got Jamal Mosley, you got um, Chauncey Billups. I hope they get the chance because it's a, it's a few spots like you got Orlando, Dallas, uh, New Orleans, Portland, Indiana, and Washington. So I hope they get. I'm saying I hope they do get the spot. They get a right? shot. They, I think one of them going to get a shot, right? But then my thing is, then what you going to do with your shot? Is your shot just like yes, I made it, and now I'm gonna bring in. I'm going yeah. to bring in this guy that's been yeah. a coach for 20 years. Yes. So are, are you going to be that black man who's going to say, yo, this is 2021 and I'm going to make history. Win or lose, I'm doing it for the people because you're going to open the doors. You're going to open up a door. Like some somebody, I, I hate to say this, but somebody has to fall on the sword. But to get an all black staff, somebody has to be the first. Somebody yeah. has to be the first. Somebody will have to have the balls to bring in the all-black staff, especially when you have them. 
I can see we didn't have the coaching ability. I can see we didn't have it, and we're trying to force it just to say we have all. Oh, we have all. No, we have it. You just name, you name six coaches. If one of them get it, why are we not put all five on one staff? Yeah, and you ain't get a job. Come work with me, and we'll you will come be on my staff, and then and guess and you know what it is too. If this black coach start winning, fuck you know how they go. Keep it real. With these black coaches winning, you know why? Uma got the job because black coaches won it. So now that's the black that's coaches winning. So that's a new fad. So, yes, thank you. So, so you put all black staff together and y'all winning and winning respectively in a good city. You know how, know what's gonna happen? They're gonna have to imitate it somewhere else. So now we got two cities with an all black staff. You know what I mean? And we're building something special. And that's why I say I harp on Michael Jordan. He's an owner. He's considered one of the greatest players to me. He's number two, but he owns the franchise, bro. I should be able to walk in Charlotte Hornets and that staff look like I'm stepping into an HBCU. I'm stepping see, off the, oh, to I Africa. Expect, I don't expect that from him. And I, and no, I'm not sad, saying from, I'm not, I don't no, expect listen, that from him. Like, listen, if it was I'm somebody saying, else, I would sit there and say it wildly. Like, with him, you got to twist his arm for him to even no, show I, I any know, type of thing. Yeah, but he just did the old women's thing. So that's what I'm saying. I don't know him personally, so I'm not going to say what's in his heart. But I feel like he's just... Right now, like, we don't get too many owners. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we don't get too many. Right now, we got him. And right now, we need him to push the envelope. Like, like I'm not saying hire any blacks. But we got black kids in Ivy League. We got black kids that went to Temple with high GPA. We got black kids and black boys and girls all over this country that can help him run the Charlotte Hornets. I don't okay. see why. Like, every other NBA franchise, if you go into the administrative staff that's owned by a white man, the the employees are 75 to 80 percent white. So why can't it be the other way around by a black owner? You know, so let me and ask hope- you this. Let me ask you this before we get about it here. What you think about them implementing something like the Rooney rule, which I don't think works in the NFL? What you no. think about implementing something that. like that in the no. NBA? Don't force that's what I'm saying. That's forcing somebody in. No, let these people show their true colors. We see the NBA, we see the NFL true colors. Even with the Rooney rule, you still only got three black head coaches. Now they're just bringing us in to, to check a box. Don't bring me in to check no fucking box. You know I can't get the job. You know you're not hiring me. You already got Joe Schmo. You ready to hire him, but you're just bringing me in for protocol. So you don't get a fine. Nah, we don't need that. Well, like I said, we need, we need, we need to step up as people. You know, we need to step up. When a, if a new black NFL coach come in, I say the same thing to him. He need to have an all-black staff. What running back, what 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 white running back you know? Not many. So why should we have a white running back coach? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe, or, maybe only position I'm going to give you, sense. only position I might give you is quarterback because you forced that on a white man because you think quarterback would be the smartest person on the field, keep it real, and you think black people are not that smart, so that's why y'all throw black people can't play quarterback. So I won't well, say that now about the quarterback coach. But every it's other coach, that's what I'm saying, every other coaching job in the NFL, every other position in the NFL is dominated by the black man. So don't tell me, so I want to understand how we got all these other coaches, defensive line coach, offensive line coaches, and they all white. And every position is dominated by the black man. And they didn't learn from no white man in high school. Because when you go into the high school they race, look at us, they look yeah. at us as physical specimens and not yes. intelligent humans so they figure, okay, this person he can perform on the field, and but he can't think. He can't think four or five steps ahead. I mean, yeah. and this is, I don't want to see no rule like the Rooney Rule in the NBA. But like you said, I would love for somebody to take that to step out there and stand on a square and say, "Listen, this is what I'm doing. You hired me as a coach. Yes. I need 
all black or if you don't want to do that, then I can't do this. And then I'm going to let the media know exactly why I'm not taking the job. And then yes. you put pressure on the white owners to sit there and say, oh, we're not trying to be embarrassed like that. Let that man have what he have. And let's see what happens. Because yes, I think personally, it's so many talented uh, minds in the NBA that are uh, people of color. They just need that opportunity. Like we were saying, them five or six guys that I just named, if you don't get a, a top spot, then go work with that guy that got that top spot and show, listen, this is what we do. We do more than just in between these lines. We can put these plays together. We can get teams to play together. We can get teams to play hard. We can also teach men how to be men that come into this league at 18, 19, that look like us. And that's another thing that I, I, I want to see because you see they about to start doing the whole straight from high school to um, – to the NBA again, we need people that look like us to be there that have experienced it because these, these, these old white men don't understand young black athletes and you, I want to see them succeed. So this is something, you know, that we're going to continue to keep talking about D. Yes, definitely. I appreciate, you know, I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm sorry people. I went on a rant. I'm sorry if I went on a rant, but that's how I do. It's more than, we talk about more than that. We talk about more than just opinions on these games. We're giving you the real. We're giving you what we feel. We're giving you what we're thinking, you know. And y'all see what y'all here for. Y'all here to hear two people, you know, discuss that and, and keep it fun. Keep it real. We appreciate everybody. D, we appreciate you. You know, yes, you thank you. Uh, yeah. with me, chopping it up. Um, and like I say, and like I always say, talk to me nice. Talk to me politely. You heard? We out of here. Peace. Kick ass, push your big ass, get your shit snapped, get your ribs cracked. Got a friend, have it kicked at.